The 73rd edition of the Four Corners Podcast starts right now. Black holding high, goes to Darty. Darty in the double team, gives it back to Black with 20 seconds left to play. Goes back to Michael Jordan, jumper from out on the left, good! Rebounded by Weber. Michigan out of timeout. Weber front court, Carolina with foul. He takes the timeout, they're out of timeout. Technical foul, technical foul on Michigan. Ed Corbett says he can run the baseline, hands in the ball. Brown gets it into Williams. Here comes Williams' front court. Williams on the drive. Gets it back out to head. Long outside shot. Short rebounded. May! It's over! Carolina has won the national championship! 89-72. And how about them Tar Heels? They are the national champions. Matthews off the mark. And this year, the confetti... It's going to fall for North Carolina. They're not going to be denied this time. I am now joined by former guest of the Roy's Boys podcast and now the Four Corners podcast, Kiara Luck from Sports Illustrated Tar Heel Maven. Side Kiara, good afternoon. How are you doing today? Good afternoon. How are you? I cannot complain too much. It's finally Friday. Carolina has a game tomorrow after a long week off and look we're gonna we're gonna jump right into it this team is back playing well I'm feeling good about them so I'm a lot more positive on today's uh, podcasting for our interview but uh, it's been about nine months since Hubert Davis became the head coach of Carolina basketball he's got 15 games under his belt after a full off season and 15 games what have you learned about Carolina's new head basketball coach Hubert Davis um, I think I am on board with Coach Davis when I say um, he's not new to this. He is definitely true to this. <laughs> I think um, he just moved one seat over. Um, a lot of people, whenever they talk about Coach Davis, they talk about him like he hasn't been with Carolina for like 10 years. Like, I get it. You know, he is in a new position. It's been nine months, and now he's, you know, the head honcho. But um, he knows his program in and out. He knows these kids. He's recruited them. And I think he's done fantastic. I think he's just um, linking his reach as far as being a coach now. But um, hearing him talk for the last nine months about how much he loves his program and loves these kids, it's been inspiring to see. And it's refreshing to see um, someone walk into a position um, as a a player's coach and as someone who's genuine and truly authentic at doing what he does. Oh, I, that's that's some really high praise, and that's some words I need to hear because uh, I'm not going to I'm not going to lie. I've been very critical of Hubert Davis at times this year, but that comes more from a place of passion and how much I do want to win. I do think though he loves Carolina as much as Roy Williams did, and I do think it matters at a place as special as Carolina. Speaking of special, right? Um, Armando Baycott was special last Saturday. Last time we saw Carolina on the court, he had 29 points. He had 22 rebounds. Hubert Davis said that's the best performance he's ever seen a Tar Heel player have against Virginia. He has 11 double-doubles this season. We talked all summer about how we got a new system and it's going to benefit the guards, but Armando Baycott has been the focal point of this team. What has been the biggest key to his individual success so far this season? I mean, are we really surprised that Armando is the guy for this team? Um 
I think coming in, I always knew that this team, outside of Leaky, this team was on the back of Armando. Um, you know, even last year, I mean, you know, it was his team. And I think um, Armando took the criticism from the NBA, you know, what he needs to work on and um, how his transition is supposed to look like from college to the NBA. He took it to heart, and he just answered the call. Um, he stepped up in more ways than one. He's become so much more vocal. Um, even when you talk to him as far as me is, is concerned, his articulacy has gotten so much better, and he's just been an all-around uh, most improved player also, if you ask me. Um, I think the key to his success is knowing that this team needs him. Um, I think he totally understands that he is the foundation for this team. And if he doesn't produce, uh, sadly, I, I don't think the team really produces. So the team is really on his back. And I think once that clicked for him, it, his lane became so clear. You know, we, we, we mentioned how we talked all summer about the change of philosophy was going to benefit the guards. And, and there's no denying that the reason why Caleb Love and, and R.J. Davis specifically, they've taken that next step, is that the floor is more open, they're running more plays for them, and, and, and all that. But it's also the second year, and usually you see the biggest growth from a player from their freshman to their sophomore season. Which do you think is the biggest reason, though, why they've taken that, that next step? Is it because they're a year older, or the fact that Hubert Davis opened the floor and he's getting more out of their talent? I think it's it's opening the floor and getting more out of their talent. Um, Kane's tweaking the system a little bit. Um, it's still Carolina basketball with a few tweaks. Um, and I think really honing in and staying true to who Caleb and RJ really are. Mm-hmm. Um, and you kind of see their personality come out a bit more. You seem to become a little bit more physical and really enjoy the game once they got to pit themselves in the system. You know, with Coach Williams, it's kind of like, you know, it's my way or, or no way at all. But with this system a little bit, it's still a Carolina system, but we can we can mesh yourself in here a little bit. And we see a little bit more of each player's personality with this system. It's been a joy to watch. Um, you kind of see flashes of who Caleb was in high school in this new system. Um, and I think they enjoy it. I think it's been a little bit more um, flexible for them um, and allow them to really enjoy the game a lot more. Carolina dipped into the transfer portal over the summer as they tried to rebuild their roster for Heber Davis's first season as Carolina's coach, bringing in Dawson Garcia from Marquette, Brady Manick from Oklahoma, and then Justin McCoy, who transferred within the ACC as he left Virginia to join Carolina. Let's focus specifically on Garcia and Manick because McCoy is a rotational player who's going to have a bigger role next season. Have those two transfers lived up to the hype upon transferring into Carolina over the summer? I think so. Um, I think especially with Brady, um, he is definitely one player I have enjoyed watching because he plays so hard. And I think ever since that press conference, I want to say it was after Tennessee, I believe it was, when they lost and we kind of really got a feel for his personality. He wants to win. Like, he knows. I didn't transfer from Oklahoma to come to Carolina, one of the best programs in the country, to lose. We have multiple All-Americans up here. We have multiple future NBA players up here. There's no reason we should be losing, and especially losing the way that we are. Um, Seeing that come from him just lets me know what type of player is on that team, and I think it's needed. It's it's the dog that everyone talks about needing on a Carolina team. Someone who wants to win is not afraid to win, um, and he's not shy about it, and I've enjoyed that personality quirk so much. Um, And with Dawson Garcia, 
Kerwin Walton was telling us the entire time, like, Dawson is that guy. Like, I cannot wait for you guys to see him. Dawson, uh, excuse me, Kerwin was one of the guys that um, helped recruit Dawson to come to Carolina. And he kept us on edge all summer. Like, wait till you guys see who he is. And we have. Garcia has been the one oftentimes to take over the game and hit us with a 20-point game and be that guy that Carolina needed. So, um I'm excited to see Dawson grow as well because I know next year is probably going to be even better for him once he really gets his footing in here. But I'm excited to see him and Kerwin back in the lineup tomorrow. A big change from the way Roy Williams ran the program, and as you said, it was kind of my way or no way, was the fact that the Carolina's rotation always started big and it, and it got shorter as the season moved along, specifically as you got closer to ACC play. That didn't happen with under Heber Davis. He's kind of started with a short rotation, and it's kind of starting to expand as the seasons come along. You're seeing more of the freshmen. Is there one specific reason why he, he decided to go that route, the rotation, starting small and expanding as opposed to starting big and 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 decompressing if 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 uh, if i could say i don't know you know that's a really good question because usually like you said during the coach williams era we saw like 32 million lineups like it was like <laughs> okay coach like what are we going to see um but it was just so many but we got to see each player we got to see what worked and he even got to see what worked mm-hmm. and then you know usually come end of january we knew locked in who our starting five was but like you said with coach davis it's the exact opposite it's been the same lineup for the most part since day one um i had no clue why he did that um i would think you know, just off of his press conferences, it's based off of practice. How well you practice is means you're going to see the minutes on the court. So if you do well at practice, you're going to get minutes during the game. Um, and that's the only thing that I can think of. But, um, yeah, I think, honestly, I think it should have been the Coach Williams way. Um, mm. Because now it's kind of like we're kind of late in the game a little bit to be kind of throwing the bench in trying to see what they can do now when it should have been, you know, earlier in the season where games were a little less impactful than they are now, now that we're like in season in conference play. So I do think that maybe that was a hiccup on his end. And it's, it's a learning curve, you know, as a coach, you know, you think that certain ways can be more impactful um, than you think. And maybe next year he goes back to the, you know, Roy Williams way and do it, you know, where we have 62 million lineups. And then by the end of January, we know our starting five. But I do think as, you know, outside looking in, he kind of should have did it the other way around. If I could follow up on that point. Because after the Notre Dame loss, that was where I thought the the shorter rotation really bit Carolina. Because I do think, had you seen more DeMarco, Donnett, and, and Dontre Styles in November and December, they would have been ready to go in that ball game. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah. I, I agree. Like I, I think the freshmen are learning a little too. <laughs> They're very smart. They're very good at what they do. They're great ball handlers. Um, but I, I just think, like you said, like coming in this late in the game where they're trying to learn and try to be impactful immediately versus finding who they are in the system is hurtful. And their mistakes look so much larger than it does mm-hmm. if it was earlier in the season. Like we're seeing them play for two minutes. And during those two minutes, we want them to make like 32 points and they can. So, I mean, it's, it's very hard for them. And, um, I'm sure next year will be totally different, but yeah, 
that you you have the the perfect assessment of that. We're talking with Kiara Luck from SI Star Hill Maple. Just a few more for you, Kiara, and I'll let, I'll let you get out of here. We enter the season um, with hope that Carolina would be a much more defensive team. I, that was the thing I was most intrigued all summer long, uh, e- even with the offensive change and stuff like that. I thought Carolina was really going to take a, a step forward defensively. That hasn't proven to be the case. They're not a top 75 uh, Kim Palm team on the defensive end of the court. They've had really uh, struggles this year at defending the rim. The years past has been the three-point defense. Their, their, their three-point defense has not been a big issue this season outside of that Notre Dame game. Have you been surprised by the inability to kind of contain the ball on the perimeter and get certain, and, and, and get stops against the top teams in the country this season? <laughs> um, well, we all know that. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, Carolina, as it's saying, you know, defending the three isn't one of their strong suits. Um, but... um. A little bit. Um, I did think they were going to be better defensively uh, because I know how much defense matters to to Coach Davis. Um, I don't know. I, I don't even know what can correct it because it's funny during the the summer where we were able to go and look at them um, as media, they looked really good. And I don't know why it hasn't really translated that much as far as like what Coach Davis talks about, energy, effort, and toughness, why it hasn't really translated consistently. You'll see flashes of it, but the consistency is the issue. Um, There is one player who I think has drastically gotten better defensively, and that's R.J. Davis. Mm. Um, His is it's like night and day from his freshman to his sophomore year defensively how he drives and how he defends he's getting low and he's doing everything possible to defend the ball and yeah he's one of the players that i think other players can learn from as far as being better defensively um and i i know a lot of people are are waiting on other players to kind of catch up because we are kind of lack on the, the defensive end and i don't know I don't even know what they can do to correct it because obviously in practice it's a different story from game time. Do you think? Because it's something that that I've been I've wondered throughout the season that playing zone or throwing out a full court press or or running the scramble defense that Roy Williams ran out of timeouts. Do you think those are aspects that if he just experimented, maybe we'd see better results from Carolina defensively? Um. Yeah. Probably, but I think Coach Davis wants to do it his way. Mm. That's the. I think he wants to be his own coach, and I think for the longest time, the question that came to him was in such heavy comparison to what Coach Williams did and who he is as a coach, and how are you going to? And I just think Coach Davis just wants to be his own person, and I think everyone is learning a new system while trying to maintain some kind of identity to what Carolina basketball used to be. And I'm sure it's pretty difficult. Um, And reteaching these kids in their sophomore year and also these transfers coming in, it's a whole new ballgame for a lot of them. And so sadly, it might be a learning curve. But I think if you get back to the fundamentals of basketball, I think that could help tremendously. 
Carolina's had some some great performances this year. You go back to that win over Michigan, that win at Georgia Tech, and then most recently against Virginia, where that's the best this this team has maybe played since the years that Kobe White was here and this team was going to the Sweet 16. But the problem is, is they've had those great performances and then they've had the letdowns against the Tennessees, the Kentuckys, and stuff like that. How close are we seeing the team that we saw last Saturday more consistently as opposed to the up-and-down team we've seen for the majority of the last two to three years? That's a great question. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I, and it's, it's a great question because I really don't know. Mm. Um, and I only say that because the teams that they're supposed to beat, they, they beat them, but the teams that raise them to their expectancy they haven't or they really have trouble with them i really want to see like they they should beat georgia tech tomorrow Mm -hmm. they absolutely should like that should be a game they should win i want to see them against miami i want to see them against wake forest i want to see them against nc state to me that will give me the okay they're they're the real deal that they can handle the pressure that duke is going to bring because Duke is not going to be a walk in the park. And I don't even think if they can't beat oh, – Kiara, don't say this. I'm going to say it. If they can't beat Miami, I do not think they can beat Duke mm. or even split it. Because I think Miami and Wake Forest would be the test. Heck, even NC State, even with Manny Bates out, like the toughness and the grit that NC State brings is the toughness and grit culture. Coach Davis wants for Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think when I see them up against a team um, that they, you know, that's going to give them real life problems, that's when I know um, Carolina is here and they're serious and they're for real and they can make a deep run into the NCAA. Because seeing them against Virginia, you absolutely think this team can. That's the team that can take you to an Elite Eight or a Sweet 16, hands down. But you need that team the entire four minutes. You can have a Caleb Love saying, well, I'm going to meet y'all in the second half. Like, mm-hmm. just, just let me get the first 20 minutes. You know, let me relax. Like, we, we can't have that. If this team is serious, it has to be on 100% of the time. You can't lack. Like, you can't look at Notre Dame and think, you know, oh, we can beat them. And you can, you know, slack off. Can't do that. You have to bring 100% each and every time. And until they do it, consistently they're, they're stealing it short so that that gets me to my last and final question i didn't bring you on in the preseason but before the season started i had high hopes and expectations as i do every year and i predicted this team to win an acc regular season title be a one seed in the ncaa tournament and be a final four caliber type of team today we sit 11 and four Ooh. overall and a, and a, and a ACC regular season title seems a far away. Making the Final Four seems even further. So, what is the ultimate ceiling of success for Carolina? Is it is 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 it just a Sweet Sixteen? Is it get to the NCAA tournament? Is it is it win a tournament game? What is the ultimate ceiling of success for this team as of today? Oh, it's a today. Okay, so if we're doing it as of today, so that means we're going off of off of Virginia. Mm-hmm. So, mm, I think they can win. Oh Jesus! I, I don't think they win anything ACC related. Mm. That sucks to say, but I just don't. 
um, because I, I just know I, I don't think they can. Um, mm, that hurts to really say that, though. Um, and, and I think if we're looking at tournament-wise, the NCAA tournament, I, I think you get a... <sighs> round of 32? Mm. Uh, it sucks to say that. It really does because I, I dream of so much more for this team and I know that Coach Davis wants it and I know that, you know, the players want it, but I don't know how how bad they want it. You know, like, mm. I, I look at players like Armando and I look at uh, Brady Manic and I know that they really want it, but as a, like a team team, Man, like, I, I agree with Coach Davis, man. I just need to see that energy and that effort. Like, I I want somebody to be hungry. And I, I don't feel that hunger yet. So, hopefully, you know, now we're going deeper into to conference play that they really see, like, all right, like, it, it's time to get for real and buckle down. Because they got it. That's, that's the issue with this team. Right. That's why you get so frustrated. Because they have it. They have everything they need to be uh, an elite eight, a final four team, every weapon possible. But it's just, you know, when is it going to like click? When is it going to happen? So that's the only frustrating part because you see it and you, you're trying to figure out what do you have to do to make them see it or want it to. Well, let's let's hope it clicks because we haven't won an ACC title in three years, and to me, that's a drought. Let alone we haven't made the Final Four since we cut down the nets all the way back in 2017. And I'm starting to get a little bit impatient because I I I, I like seeing my team play on the big stage. Care, I want to thank you for your time. I mentioned that you do write for SI Tar Heel Maven site. I know you host a podcast as well. Where can Carolina fans, basketball fans, whatever type of fans find all of your great content? out there uh, that that, that uh, you deliver? Please just Google my name, uh, Kiara Luck, and hopefully the good stuff pops up. Um, <laughs> I do have a podcast with David Noel um, called The Player and the Fan. Um, my Twitter, like my messages are open to everybody. I respond as much as I can. Um, yeah, just, just look me up, find me, and let's have a conversation about Carolina basketball or Carolina football or what have you, or even better, Carolina women's soccer. Mm. Now, the two champions of the University of North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> and, but yeah, you are more than welcome to chat me up anytime. All right, Kira. I want to thank you again for your time, and hopefully later down the season I'll be able to bring you back on. Hopefully after Carolina, hopefully hopefully after Carolina's got some more ACC hardware in their trophy. Thank you for your time, and you have a great weekend. You too. And there you go, guys. That was Kiara Luck from SI's Tar Heel Maven site. We're going to take a very quick break. You're going to hear you this week's ad from DraftKings. Then I'm going to come back and wrap up this edition of the Four Corners Podcast. The NFL playoffs are here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is kicking off things with a huge offer. Counting down to Super Bowl 56. 
New customers can get a 56 to 1 odds on any wildcard team to win their game. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team is victorious. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you still have something to play for this wildcard weekend. Everyone can play for huge cast prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars and total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TBPN. That stands for the Basketball Podcast Network and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code TBPN. This wild card weekend at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager is required. One per customer. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Really hope you guys are taking great advantage of all the great offers I've been giving you on the four-corner side of things. Same for Anthony over there on the Heel Tough blog side of things. Get that extra cash in your pocket for upcoming Valentine's to get your special someone that special gift. Well, that is going to wrap up this edition of the Four Corners Podcast. Before I let you go, do want to get you to the website, heeltoughblog.com. We'll get you ready for Georgia Tech. There will be a preview up on the site. Following the game, there will be a recap up as well. You can also go back and check out an article put up this week about Carolina's adjusted ACC schedule and how it affects them in the month of January and into February. As for the football side of things, Carolina had another player into the transfer portal. Anthony had you covered on that. Had you covered on, covered on Gene Chizik returning to Carolina football as well. And so he'll so still keep you up to date on all the things happening on the football side of things for the Tar Heels. As for the podcast, we're on the Basketball Podcasting Network. We host through Megaphone, but you can find us on every major podcast platform. Just search the Four Corners Podcast. We'll pop up. Like the podcast. Review the podcast. But most importantly, hit that subscribe button. That way you get every great podcast, every great interview like this one right there in your podcast feed. Well, it is going to wrap up this edition of the Four Corners Podcast. I do want to thank thank Kiara once again for joining me. I want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels. The Four Corners Podcast is a proud member of the Basketball Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter at HoopsPodNet or visit our website, www.thebasketballpodcastnetwork.com to find the best basketball podcast.